Hello, I'm Blair Lemke. Welcome to Let God Speak. The relationship between God's law and God's grace is often discussed. While sometimes incorrectly set in opposition to one another, rightly understood, both concepts work together and are involved in God's plan of redemption. Our Bible study today will reveal this. On our panel today, we have Mike Browning and John Cosmeyer. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you very Thank much. You. As always, let's begin our program with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here today to discuss your word. We ask for your Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, gentlemen, today we continue our study through the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, and today we're going to have a particular focus on the concepts of law and grace. And so I'm going to start by defining our terms. And I'm going to throw this question to you, Pastor Mike. Uh, what exactly is the law of God? OK, well, I'm going to appeal to the New Testament, even though we're studying Deuteronomy. I appeal to the That's New okay. Testament initially on this. And um, of course, the great book that deals with the law and grace is Romans, the book of Romans. So I, I'm going to look at chapter seven of Romans in verse 12. This is an overview of what um, the Apostle Paul is telling us is the quality of the law of God. And this is what it says. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. So that covers it pretty well. Mm. So it's a very positive thing law he is saying. Mm. And we're specifically referring to the Ten Commandments here. And he's mm. making that very clear. Um, for a definition of law, I want to go across to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. And uh, in this letter, John is writing and he says this, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Now I'm using the New King James Version. Notice the Old King James Version says, Sin is the transgression of the law. Mm. Well, that's what lawlessness is. So it's saying the same thing in different ways. Um, so um, we've got a definition of right and wrong, in other words, mm. in the law. That's what he's saying to us. It defines holiness on the one hand and sin on the other, which is rather helpful. So these are the, these are the issues that we're going to deal with today. I think ultimately, too, it's worth keeping in mind that the law of God reflects the character of God. Mm. Yes. God is saying to his creatures whom he has made, this is how I want you as my child to live, because this is a reflection of what I consider to be holy. Mm. Yeah, well, it's I mean, what a fantastic, simple definition of, of God's law. And mm. it really does capture God's character for us, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Now, I want to throw a second question to you, Pastor John, and we've just defined law. Uh, what exactly is grace? Fortunately for us, for us Blair, the Bible tells us what grace is. And when you turn to the same book as you were reading from, Mike, yes. from Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, and I'm also reading from the New King James Version, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of us, irrespective, mm -hmm. we are all sinners. We're born that way. But verse 24 says, Being justified which means just as if I had never sinned, 
freely, the margin says, at no cost, by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Mm. Wow. So grace becomes an acronym. God's redemption at Christ's expense. Hmm. Nice. Wow. <laughs> How amazing is God's grace? Well, wow, it's beautiful. And just, mm. yeah, just to hear, I mean, what a fantastic verse to encourage us as we think of this these, these ideas of law and grace. Well, it's, it's pretty clear already that there is a connection between these two concepts, law and grace. And uh, it's no surprise then in the book of Deuteronomy that we see this connection, which we're going to look at in our study today. Uh, but I want to start by looking at a passage in Ezekiel. So we're going to read here from Ezekiel chapter 28 and just explore these two concepts a little bit further of law and grace. So let's read here Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 15 and 16. God's word says, uh, and here picturing the fall of Lucifer in heaven, you were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Uh, it's interesting to see in these texts here mm. the idea of the fall of Lucifer, um, this idea that iniquity was found in him, that he sinned. And so, Pastor Mike, I want to throw the question to you. What do these words here in this context in Ezekiel have to reveal to us about uh, the existence of God's law in heaven? Yeah, it's a very interesting word that's used there. He says, you sinned. And we've just discussed the fact that and looked in the scripture that a sin is, requires a law hmm. to be broken. And we, we don't often think about the angels of heaven being subject to law. Um, and it becomes clear that the whole universe indeed is mm. subject to the law of God. And that seems to be appropriate. It's simply God saying, this is how you, my creatures, are to live as my children, as I said before. Look, I'm going to read from again from Romans chapter 7, verse today, 7. It? Yeah, it's a very popular book. <laughs> um, this is come. what it says in verse 7. What shall we say then? What's the summary of this matter? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. And that's what convinces me that the angels themselves also are subject to mm. law. Um, I had not, would have not known sin except through the law. I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. And that's quoting again from the Ten Commandments. And it's just, it's just a, um, a very simple mm. observation here that the whole of God's, um, if you like, administration of the universe is based on law. People need to know what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's, we see that it's not possible to, to, to break God's law if there wasn't a law that was there. And we see Lucifer doing that very thing. That's right. So God's foundation of his, his kingdom must be based on that yeah. law. He must have known it wasn't the right thing to do. Well, that's right. Mm. Now, it's no surprise then when we turn to the book of Deuteronomy, which has been our book of, of study over the last several weeks, uh, that we find law again central to this book. And uh, of course, in Deuteronomy, we have the nation of Israel and the borders of Canaan ready to go in and Moses gives a message to them and he, he, he encourages them to obey the law. And so we're going to read here in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 12, uh, one of these times that Moses encourages God's people to do this. And so we read, Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is in within your gates, 
that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord, your God, and carefully observe all the words of this law. So we see a very clear call from Moses here to obey the law. And I want to throw the question here to you, Pastor John. Uh, Why is this call to keep God's law so important for God's people? It enables God's grace to act because God's grace can only act upon those who make a, a decision for Christ. And so here, at the beginning of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, we find that God introduced to them the covenant, mm. the agreement between him and his people. So they had to make a decision to follow Christ, to follow God's word at that time. And so this is where grace is now acting together with law. And at the end of the 40 years in the wilderness, we have a whole new generation. 40 mm. years have gone by. Hmm. And here were people who had grown up not being in Egypt, They spend all their time in the wilderness. And at the end of that time, God says, now I'm going to take you into the promised land. Renew your covenant Hmm. with me. Wow, that's interesting. You know, you see this idea here of this call to keep the law because it was really the covenant agreement between God and his people. Hmm. And you've touched there on some themes of grace as well. And I want to throw that to you, Pastor Mike. Hmm. How does grace particularly fit into this picture of law keeping uh, as we've seen just here? It's really interesting. God was demonstrating his grace in the way he um, cared for and looked after the children of Israel. Um, Here they are, like a couple of million people in the desert. For 40 years, how do you feed those kind of, that Mm. that number of people in the desert and supply them with water and everything else? And you think, well, humanly speaking, they're done for. Mm. So God does what they couldn't do for themselves and didn't deserve. He points that out. You don't deserve this. I'm doing it because I love you. And he feeds them for 40 years with manna. You know, that's just an incredible gift. So they had grace demonstrated in just the way God looked after them. Mm. But it has the spiritual side and factor, of course, which is Mm. probably the most important, is the most important. Well, I I think so. And Mm. to throw the question to you, Pastor John, this idea of grace, you know, God giving us things that we don't deserve. uh, It's really no different today, is it, in how we relate to God? It's the same because... uh, God declares us righteousness. He declares us as righteous. And then in response, we gladly do God's will. As Paul says here in Romans chapter 3 and verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified, in other words, treated as though he'd never sinned, by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And so here, Grace covers Hmm. God and his people and together the requirements of the law are fulfilled. Hmm. So there's no difference then to now. Well, you know, I think that really begs a follow up question. If if our works don't earn us any, uh, you know, the works of the law don't earn our salvation, then Pastor Mike, why should we even keep the law? (laughs) That's a good point. Just to emphasize Still in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So we know, again, we've seen that. We know right and wrong from the law, but it doesn't save you. No attempt at keeping it is going to save you. That's his point. Um, 
I, I think one other factor that's really important when it comes to the children of Israel and God's call to them to obedience and to us who believe today is the fact that God is actually using his people both then and now to demonstrate to the world mm. the beauty of the lifestyle that he has outlined for them in the, the law, the wow, commandments of a, God. That's a great point. Yeah. So um, our faithfulness is giving a, a message to the world and it's a very important message. Mm. And uh, this is what happens. And this is what a people are like who, if you like, are indeed obedient to God's law and his commandments. And I I really love that because, you know, Jesus himself says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments as a a demonstration that um, of shining that light, so to speak, to the world. Yeah, a sign of loyalty, isn't it? Well, that's right. Mm. Now, I want to ask a follow up question. I'm going to throw this one to you, Pastor John. Um, As we seek to follow God's law in our lives, um, how do we guard ourselves from falling into the trap of legalism? I think that's an important question to consider as we discuss mm. this idea. <laughs> that's a real curly one. <laughs> I know you can, you can deal with it. Well, Paul deals with it in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to do his will and to do for his good pleasure. Mm. Once we decide for Christ, then we find out from him as to what he would like done. And then we ask him to help us do it. Whereas legalism is you go ahead and decide what needs to be done. And then you go and do it to the best of your ability. Mm. Well, first of all, you don't know what you're looking for. And secondly, our ability will never be good enough. As it says here, it is God who works in you both to do his will. And that will stop us from legalism. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I just, I love what you're sharing there. And I think it's such an important point to make because it's not legalism to follow God's law as closely as we can out of an expression of love. If we're, mm-hmm. you know, if we're doing this out of a love for God and with the right spirit. Um, and so, uh, and we see that when we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to draw our attention to a verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Paul says this, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. Mm. Very, very interesting verse that we read there, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, yeah. We see, we see the, grace of, the grace of God in Paul's life caused him to work harder, harder for God. And it, he says, it's not me, it's God's grace. Yeah. So very interesting question. I want to throw this one to you, Pastor Mike. Mm. Um, is grace provided for the forgiveness of sins only or is there, another, is there grace beyond that, which, which seems to be what we're seeing in this text here? Yeah, of course, it's primarily for the forgiveness of our sins because that's what we need the most. Um, but no, of course, it's more than that. And I think that scripture you just read about Paul, where he, he talks about God's grace, not only motivating him, but enabling him mm. to do the things that he did in sharing the gospel and caring for people. Um, so grace, we need grace every moment of the day. Um, grace not only forgives us, makes us acceptable to God, but he enables us to um, act, if you like, um, in an effective way in life. God will get, help us with the skills of life. Mm. But in addition to that, there's the spiritual thing, of course, and that is he gives us the ability, the grace to deal with sin in our lives. Mm. 
Um, I don't think as an, I don't know a sincere Christian who doesn't want to put sin behind them, don't mm. want anything to do with it. Yet it keeps coming back to haunt us. And um, we need God's grace to deal with that. And it's a very interesting thing to me in the book of Revelation in chapter two and three, the messages to the seven churches there. Um, at the end of each message, it says to him that overcomes mm. come these promises. Mm. He wants us to overcome in the areas where we are weak. Mm. Uh, and just on the matter of how imp is it, uh, is it important for us to be obedient to God's commandments? Well, you know, Christians generally talk about the importance of Christian obedience. Yes. Um, and the only alternative to Christian obedience is Christian disobedience, mm. which is a contradiction <laughs> in terms, isn't it? That's right. And I think that makes it clear to me, very clear, mm. that um, we demonstrate our love for Jesus just by mm. the way we live and th our faithfulness. That's, that's, it makes, I think you've made that point so well, because when you think about it, um, you know, God loves us. He loves us to the, to, he wants to save us, not only from the penalty of our sins in our mm. lives, which is the forgiving grace, but he loves us. He wants to save us from the power of sin yeah. in our lives, which is that overcoming grace. And so he gives us this holistic picture of salvation. Now, I want to turn our attention back to the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to pick up a scene here as Moses uh, goes up and takes the tablets of stone, the, the Ten Commandments. Um, he reads out the Ten Commandments. Uh, and we're going to read here from Deuteronomy chapter 10, uh, verses 1 to 4. At that time, the Lord said to me, uh, hew for yourselves two tablets of stone like the first and come up to me on the mountain and make yourself an ark of wood. And I'll write on the tablets the words which were on the first tablets, which you broke, and you'll put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood, hewed two tablets of stone like the first and went up the mountain, having the two tablets in my hand. And he wrote on the tablets, according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord had spoken to you in the mountain from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And the Lord gave them to me. And flicking over just to verses 12 and 13, we read, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Uh, a very interesting passage here, a very interesting passage that we see. Uh, and I want to throw the question to you, Pastor John. Uh, what do these verses that we've just read here, what do they teach us about how God felt towards his people even after they sinned here? Um, and they went and they took the tablets and he had to go back up and get the new tablets um, you know, that, there was that whole episode there with the, the calves and all of that. Um, what does these verses teach us about how God felt about his people, even after their sin? Uh, and what do they indeed teach us about grace? God's law demanded that the people be destroyed at that time because they disobeyed. Instead of that, God exercised his grace so that when people fall, God can still save them. Mm. The God of the Old Testament is a very loving and amazingly understanding God. And we're grateful for that today too mm. in our lives. Mm. Well, it's so, so important for us today, isn't it? Yes. Um, I, you know, when we look at this idea, what I find, and particularly these texts that we've just looked at, I find particularly interesting the end of verse 13 there where, where God calls his people to follow the commandments. Notice at the end of verse 13, he says, keep the commandments. Uh, I command you this today for your good. Yeah. Very interesting phrase. And I want to throw this question to you, Pastor Mike. Mm. Um, 
Is keeping God's commandments really for our good, as we see yeah. in this text here? It's That's an interesting what, phrase, isn't it? Yes, it is. And if you look at the history of Israel, it was a faithfulness and obedience was always for their good. Um, and yes, it's the same for us today. Um, God knows the way he made us and he knows what will bring us the greatest happiness. I'm going to read from Proverbs um, chapter 8 and verse 36 just for a moment. Proverbs 8, 36, which says, He who sins against me, now this is God talking here, he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. Hmm. All those who hate me love death. In other words, it's a very negative thing um, to break the commandments of God. Um, And interestingly, Jesus told a parable, um, which I find fascinating. It's recorded in Matthew 21 and and the other gospels as well. But in Matthew 21, um, he describes... Now, I'm going to read from verse 33 on down um, where Jesus said, Here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard. Now, the landowner, as he goes on to describe, is God himself. He planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, the vine dressers were the people who were the leaders of mm-hmm. Jesus makes it very clear as he goes on, the spiritual leaders of Israel. And they, the vineyard, of course, was Israel itself. But the interesting thing is, notice he, he, he planted a hedge around the mm. vineyard to protect the vineyard. And of course, um, you can't help the reference here to the commandments of God. Yeah. They were a safe hedge around the people. And while ever they stayed within that, they were safe. And I think that Jesus is trying to make it very clear to us that it is, yes, to, the ben- to our benefit to be faithful hmm. to the commandments of God for our good. Oh, it's really an act of love, isn't it? To protect hmm. us from those painful things in our lives that come when we step outside of the parameters that God has said yeah. are for our best. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic point. Um, I want to turn to another passage here in the book of Deuteronomy just for our consideration. We're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 9 and I'm going to read verses 1 to 6 just to further explore this theme of law and grace in the book of Deuteronomy. So we read in God's word, Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than yourselves, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the descendants of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard uh, heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and he will bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. Do not think in your heart after the Lord of your God has cast them out before you, saying, because of my own righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of the nations that God is driving them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out before you, and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Quite an interesting passage here, and I want to throw this one to you, Pastor John. Uh, What is Moses saying here to the people uh, that that reveals uh, a little bit about the reality of God's grace to the unworthy? While they were still in slavery, the Israelites could not keep God's law, mainly the commandment of rest, Mm. the seventh day Sabbath. And he taught them how to keep it while they were in the wilderness. 
and to take it with them into the promised land. And here God saved them so that they keep, could keep that commandment. And, and therefore that commandment becomes not only a very powerful memorial of creation, hmm. but also it became a very powerful memorial of salvation hmm. as well. Hmm. Hmm. And what a blessing it has turned out to be. Oh, certainly has. And, uh, you know, uh, particularly what comes to my mind is that text there in verse five, where it says, not because of the uprightness of your heart has he saved you, has he cleared the land out, but he's done so at the end of verse six uh, because of his promise to his people, the everlasting covenant. Mm. Uh, what a beautiful re- revelation of God's love for us and, and his plan of salvation and grace in our lives. Grace at work, yeah. Yeah. Now, we see this similar idea reflected in the New Testament as well, Pastor Mike. Is that correct? Yes, yes we do. We do indeed. Um, I notice over in 2 Timothy, there's a scripture that I'd just like to read um, very quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, um, which says this, 2 Timothy 1, 9, um, God... He says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. And there Mm. it is, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Hmm. Now, I think this is really interesting. Before time began, before there was a human being on the earth, um, grace was already in place, ready for our need. Hmm. And I think, wow, what an amazing picture. So in terms of whether or not we have worked for it, deserved it, it was before the world existed, before time began. Mm, and I love, I love there that it says he does it um, from his own nature of who God is. That's right. <laughs> this is God's work. Um, and can't it's, help it's himself. Something, he, he can't help himself. I like that phrase. Mm. Um, now, we, Pastor John, I want to throw this question to you. Um, you know, basically this, this theme that we're seeing is that in response to this incredible promise um, that God has made to us, we live by faith and we live a life of obedience to him in response to this gift of grace. Um, this is exactly what we see with God's faithful people in the end of time, isn't it? Absolutely. It's not a good meeting unless we get one verse out of Revelation. And this is it. <laughs> Revelation 14 and verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Mm. And so here, once again, the commandments are connected with grace Mm. and also with patience. And so God has given this to us as an act of grace at the end time. Mm. And just like the children of Israel had their covenant renewed at the end of their journey, when we come to the end of the history of this world, God invites us to become part of that covenant again including the Sabbath commandment. And he wants a people who can demonstrate to the world Mm. what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. Absolutely. Well, that's a beautiful um, picture, really. And so, Pastor Mike, just in terms of concluding up our study today, um, what concluding lessons can we take from what we've looked at today to guide us moving forward? Well, he saved us by grace and he's put his spirit within us to make us shine as his people. Mm, Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, God's relationship with his covenant people is one of law and grace. God's forgiving grace forgives us for, not, for having violated his law and God's overcoming grace enables us to obey his law. God's grace is on offer to you and I today. Won't you rest in his grace today?
We're glad that you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you'd like to watch this program again or any past programs, you can go to our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. We hope to see you here again next time and we invite you to watch our programs. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.